Yata Shalet is the growth architect and founder of the Women's Code and provides visionaries and leaders with strategies that grow your authority so that they can scale their impact. Beata bootstrapped her passion for photography into a global business and eventually sold it to Bill Gates in a multi-million dollar deal. Please welcome Beate. Hello, everyone. This is Beate Shalet. I am the growth architect. I work with visionaries and thought leaders to help them grow their authority and scale their impact. Please listen into the show with Chris because we're going to talk money. Yeah, healthy money. That's right. And, you know, I used to have a show called Ready, Set, Retire, but now it's more like Money 911. Honestly, right? If you look around, I see millions of people about to go off a cliff and nobody's telling them what to do, you know. So that's, that's my heart. And you've had quite a journey yourself sharing when you first started with photography, right? And you had a business and, and then you sold it to Bill Gates. I guess you learned a few lessons there along the way. Maybe you could share a little bit of that's an interesting story. It is an absolutely crazy story, Chris. So, yes, I'd be happy to share the story. So, as your podcast is a lot about money and and financial strategies, I also want to encourage all of your listeners to really think about this from a perspective of what do you want and how much do you need to get what you want? Because the, the goal determines the path determines the actions, determines what you need to be doing today to get to that particular goal. And a lot of times, you know, when I when I grew up in Germany, I was very much the kid that looked at the planes wondering where they were going. I never felt that I entirely fit in. And in Germany, we take aptitude tests, checking, you know, what we're really good at. And when I took the aptitude test, it said I should have been a roofer. Now, not that I object to roofing in general. It just wasn't exactly aligned with my inner desire in life. So, and it came because I, I, I made check marks on things that said, I like being outside. I don't mind carrying stuff. I'm not afraid of heights. So clearly all attributes a roofer should be having. But I wanted to be a photographer. And so they told me that nothing that I wanted to do, I could be doing because there were so many applicants and nobody, um, no, not enough jobs. And so I decided I was going to be a photographer anyway. And then the day came, Chris, where I'm on the glacier in Switzerland. And my job was to get the helicopter with the Audi Quattro being transported on top of the glacier for a photo shoot. And I'm going like definitely outside. I'm definitely schlepping and I'm not afraid of heights. I'm doing exactly what the aptitude test said. It just wasn't the interpretation of the person. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and from there on, I uh, became photo editor at Elle magazine because I very quickly realized I'm much better at strategies and systems and designing workflows and processes but I always loved big ideas and visionaries and thought leaders. So I went into Elle Magazine as a photo editor, really didn't love that after a while. And then I went to the United States and then I started what I call the decade of bad luck. And the decade of bad luck means that all the stuff that you hear other people are experiencing, fires, floods, riots, earthquakes, September 11th, the tsunami, 
cancer by my dad, who then uh, sadly passed away. I mean, you name it, I did it. I, I lived through it. And all the while, I'm going through this. I'm thinking this is just not normal that a single, single uh, divorced mother of a small child immigrant with not no money, no family, that I cannot get out of it. I just couldn't fathom on why it was so difficult. And then the day came where I, you know, I found out that my employee had gotten a little too close to my key vendor. So talk about not ever letting your eyes off your finances. And she got, uh, they started their own business with, which was my business, but without me. Next thing I know, invoices I billed were paid to them. And I call the client and I say, Chris, can you explain to me why why these invoices are not paid? They say, oh, we, we paid them. I said, who is them? And they said, well, they told us that you were withholding money and that you're not trusted. Don't put us in the middle of it. I'm like, you put yourself in the middle of it. You can't pay an invoice that I billed to you to someone else. And so I sued them. And then I was in this huge lawsuit and I got very, very deep into debt because I didn't realize at the time that the justice system is justice system is not about being right. The justice system is about who can drag out the fight long enough until the other person runs out of money and folds. Yep. That's how you get to be right. Right. And so I'm $130,000 in debt. And then I have production season that rolls around because I was also not just representing photography at the time, but was also producing still photography. And in the still photography, I worked for Wrangler, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Levi. I mean, great clients. Right. And then September 11th comes and I get wiped out in a day. Mm. I mean, I everything canceled. There was not one person in their right mind going on a plane, flying to Los Angeles. So I lost all of that. I had to just keep the poker face. And finally they settled and it paid off my debt. And then I had to start Chris all over again with zero money in the bank account. So I did something that I'm sure, Chris, you will uh, suggest all of your clients to do, which is I financed it entirely out of lines of credit, credit cards, and all these, do you need an extra $5,000 checks? Did all of that at the tune of $135,000, which is, of course, the best financing strategy. What is it like 19, 27% of interest? I mean, it's just insane. But I had no choice because I had this great idea of building the stock photography business and I had no money, but I, I, I knew I needed to be doing this. And so now I'm $135,000 in debt. I was able to go even deeper into debt. And I fly to Germany to drum up some business. My father has a stroke. My father didn't have a stroke, Chris. My father had pancreatic cancer. And so he dies within only six weeks. So now here I am. I am broke. My business is in shambles. My best friend just died. I have no money. I don't even know how I'm going to pay for the funeral. And I sank to my knees and I raised my fist and I yelled at God and I said, do you have a plan? This would be a really good time to fill right. me in. I, I just couldn't, couldn't figure it. And then I got back. I got a letter from the White House. I had in my absolute desperation written a letter to the President of the United States. Why not? And uh, it put me in touch with a small business administration. They restructured my 
lines of credit and my debt into a structured 10-year fixed rate loan that freed up my line of credit. Three months later, I'm at break even. 18 months later, the world leader in my category selling into 79 countries in the world. And that's what attracted the Bill Gates company. And they said, how much do you want? And I said, millions. And they said, fine. Fine. Wow, what a story. Beautiful. Well, congratulations. And you're so young. <laughs> right? Well, you know, I, I let's just say I don't have time for aging. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not our we're not our age. That is no, my God, no. no. No, they don't that doesn't mean anything. But that's a fabulous story. So, you know, you you you're very inspiring and you help visionaries and thought leaders grow and authority and scale and impact as a growth architect. I think that's the coolest name, right? And what you, and your actionable steps. So what, what kind of, what kind of actionable steps? Like the listeners are listening and everybody wants to grow their authority and kind of throw spaghetti at the wall, right? And very few people really know. I'll, I'll tell you, I spent, 10 years looking at all these marketing things and they're all little funnels to their upsell, to their upsell. I mean, they're great at marketing, but it never really goes anywhere. So, yes. So I think that the first thing that your listeners need to understand is authority is not an influencer. Mm. There's a big mistake people make where they think that I just need to be an influencer like Gary Vee and then magically everything falls into place. Right. If you look at Gary Vee and you ask me, what is his business model? And I do business models for a living. I couldn't tell you. It is a convoluted mess of him uh, catapulting himself into a celebrity status. And then he, what is going to do Gary Vee vodka and Gary Vee sausages and Gary Vee pizzas and, and, and Gary Vee everything. He has an opinion on everything. Not to say that that's not okay, but to promote that as the model is, is, is stupidity. So if, if anybody's thinking that, just forget that. That will cost you millions and millions of dollars. You need to have a team of 20 people that do nothing other all day than put your name out there relentlessly. And money, 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 money. Most people don't have that. Authority means you're the expert, the go-to expert in your particular niche or industry. So I'd rather have you focus on that. The reality is when you go on Instagram and you scroll. So the Instagram goes like this. Five things, scroll. The three things, scroll. The two things, scroll. The one thing nobody, scroll. Oh, look, there's a cat with a skiing in a backpack. I'm going to watch it for five minutes. Wow, that's so cool. A cat likes skiing, never seen anything like this. Mm. That's who becomes famous. Right. Is things that take you away, but the talking heads very rarely do. So having said that, Authority needs to be a very deliberate plan. And the way we think about authority, there's three pieces. You need a strategy, you need the systems, and you then build your authority. What internet marketing has been designed for is that guys that figured out how the technology behind internet marketing works literally came together and said, I take this piece, I, I, I do the funnels, you do the speaking, you do the, uh, you do the product launch, you do the, the digital marketing, you do the this, you do this. 
And so they divided up this market. And so when you sign up with somebody, then you only get a piece which is not part of your strategy. So you think that that is the strategy. It's not. It will only work if it's a piece of your strategy. So now you have this piece and you go, I don't even know how I'm going to make this work. Oh, there's another affiliate offer. Okay. Oh, so maybe that's the piece I need. And then you buy that. Now you have two and you go, yeah, but that still doesn't connect to my strategy because you've never done the strategy. And now you go, well, maybe, oh, there's a third offer. Well, that sounds really compelling, very persuasive. Maybe if I only knew how to podcast, speak from stage, do executive roundtables, whatever that is, could I then be successful? So you do that and you go like, now you have three pieces. And so most people have this accumulation of these pieces but they don't connect. Right. That's right. Yeah. You, I mean, you're, you're talking, I'm that person, honestly. Of course, of, uh, we, we, hundreds of, th- hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And, and that's what I went through going through all this marketing. Cause when I wrote my book, I didn't know how to market it. I know what I do really well, but marketing. So I was at buy this and then buy that. The thing you said about Gary V, I was just watching that and he was like, yeah, six to eight posts a day. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do, oh, I got to hire some more people. Right. And, and it, yeah, but that's, but, but unless that is the business model and the strategy. So, you know, to go back to your question, how do you build authority? The way you build your authority is you get clear what your overall strategy is. Your overall strategy is you want to be the expert in your industry. You want to have, how many clients, Chris, do you want to serve? Do you want to serve 100? Do you want to serve 1,000? How many clients a year can you or do you want to serve? Let's, let's just pick a random number so we can make this example real. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, you know, I have a course that I'm called Create Income You'll Never Outlive, which will be maybe 1,000, but I want to teach millions of people simultaneous. So I have a few different levels going on. Okay, so let's say, so So now there's the business model. So the business model is that there's an online course that you want to make available for millions of people. Now, if you then have your one-on-one coaching for your high-ticket clients that just want the information and they don't want to do it themselves, they want to do it with right. you. Right. So let's say you have your VIP or strategy days and then you have maybe a group program or a mastermind. So so now, now we know, now we know sort of, what the things are that we're doing. In order to build authority, you now need to look at the numbers and say, well, if I want to get a million people to take my course and a traditional conversion rate is when people go to the website, you know, one, two out of 100 people maybe convert or maybe it's two out of 1,000. So now you need to run the numbers and say, if I want to have a million people in my course, how much money do I need to generate that kind of traffic to get to my website to get these people in. And the the what I have learned, the rule of thumb is you need about $50,000 and six to 12 months just to do the ads, right? To get the traffic. And then whatever, whatever ad spend you have to do to just get those kinds of leads in. So if a lead is a dollar and you want a million people, then you need to be spending you know, if the conversion rate is one in a hundred, you need to spend a hundred million dollars to get to a million dollars, to a million users. 
And so if you have that strategy right in your head clearly, then you go, okay, now I know what I'm getting myself into. Then you realize, well, I don't have 100 million, uh, who does, for, for advertising. So what else can I do to, um, to make this real? All right, so let's raise the price for the course. Let's go for a lower number. Let's say we want to have 1,000 people a year. Now, now we're talking in a, in a much more scalable system. So that's how you build authority. You have to have that strategy in place first to say, how does the mastermind come in? How is the coaching coming in? How is the online course coming in? What's my lowest hanging fruit? What's my my client journey? What's my first thing that they that they get to know me? And how do I get through? Or you say, please save me from internet marketing. I need to be speaking. I get clients from speaking. That's a different model, though. Then you need to look at how many times you need to speak and what size crowds, what's your engagement piece. So when I work with my clients, that's really the first thing that we do. And I, you know, I designed the system, a system to build systems, a signature growth mastermind for that. Because what I have found is that so many people have all these different pieces and that's just laying around and they don't do anything with it because they don't know how it fits. So that's what I help people with is you don't buy anything new. You don't learn any new skills. We just take what you have. We organize it. We help you maximize it. We help you implement it. We help you with getting this out in front of the right people in the right kind of pieces so that you can go out and make some money and achieve the goal that you for yourself set. That's fabulous. I think you're talking about 99% of the people that I run into when they're trying Mm -hmm. to leverage and scale and all the different pieces, because, you know, then there's a course, then there's a mastermind and, and, and they're, and they all seem separate, but they all work together. So that's, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, there's, maybe you could share when you're in your defining moment, in your turning point, and you, and I'm sure you went through the same thing when you realized your true potential for growth. What was that moment for you that made you kind of shift and snap and change, you know, your growth and your impact inside your business? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Like, what is it? Yeah. I think that I was so deep in. If I would have drowned, I, you know, I always say, don't drown in a puddle. It's not worth it. So I definitely would have drowned in an ocean, but I just didn't feel there was just something in me, Chris, where I kept thinking about this and I'm going, there's no way this is all for nothing. I mean, it just, it, I couldn't fathom it. I, I, I couldn't, couldn't see it. I'm like, this is just no, no, no way in the world. I went through all of this and then drown. Right. Not, 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 not a chance. That was really my ruling thought. And then when I fell to my knee at my father's funeral and I had my little yelling match with God, I actually surrendered. And I think what happens is that when you do that and you surrender, you stop doing, 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 doing because you've done everything. Right. And that's when God's spirit, the universe, whatever, can come in and do its job. That's right. That's, boy, you hit that right on the nose. I mean, that's, and that's exactly... That's exactly what happened. I mean, I would just use myself as an example, you know, national speaker and, you know, and then the pandemic and everybody went through that. And there's a lot of people's businesses flattened out and 
as a result of that, you're going to re- remake it. But I really like the way it was like, you know, this, this is not for nothing. And I, you know, I didn't get out of God's hands. I'm still there, you know? So, so I trust the spirit and I know that everything that I'm going through is all going to work for good. But there's this little desert period of like, how do all these things? So instead of fighting it, I literally went, you know what? Instead of, you know, punching out God, right? I go, okay, like you said, just surrender. I'm just trust the spirit will bring me someone that right person that for each time. And that's what's been happening. It just shifted. And then all of a sudden, you know, you show up or another person shows up that has the piece for the next piece because I don't want to be, you know, we've only got so much time and I only want to, I want to do the best that I can with whatever time I'm here to help people. I mean, cause you can only drink one cup of coffee. Wow. You get a million dollars. Woohoo. But then, you know, you can only drink one cup of coffee. So that's where I'm like in the shifting that success mindset into success to me is really being able to help everybody with what I have. And thus I have the conscious giving counsel mastermind. You know, that's my target is to use all that we've been given to help folks, you know, lift as we climb. I think yeah. you said something, you, you said a lot of very, very important things. And and with your permission, I'll just dive into yes. that a little bit more and, and pull yes. that a little bit more apart because I think there are some yeah. really good nuggets here. So the, 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 the transformation aspect, the pain, the pain is there for a reason. The pain is there to make you stop what you are doing because it is not working. But when you take the old dingy Toyota out of the parking lot because you need to put a new car in, there is going to be a period of time where that is empty because the the Toyota is gone. It has to be sold. The new car hasn't been delivered yet. Or you have two cars and then, you know, you can't fit them both in there. So you're going to have to let something go. And I, I, in in my mindset work, there's, you know, a universal law where it says you have to let something go of a lower nature to achieve something of a higher nature. And I believe that when you, it's the same in relationships, you know, you have the crappy boyfriend and you can't be with a crappy boyfriend and then find the good boyfriend or the good husband. You're going to have to let the crappy boyfriend go before the good person can come in. And then, you know, the next one's a little bit better and you go, ah, oh, better, but not great. Nah. And then the next one comes, you go like, that was better than the one before, but still, nah. And then all of a sudden, voila, here he is. Prince Charming walked in the house. And it's the same thing with business is you have that same decision-making power. But because we are so attached to some of our old stuff, we can't see it. Right. And that's what's so cool is that we really do need each other in that sense where we can help. You be my eyes on certain things where I know certain things that you don't. And that is you lift while you climb. And But there's a lot of misconceptions or fears that visionaries, thought leaders get into when it comes into implementing strategic growth, how do you help them overcome that? Well, the first thing is that we are going to have to look at what do you have and where are you at and where do you want to go? So there's two anchor points. When you go to Paris or London or New York and you go to the metro, there's two things you look at. Where do you want to go and where you are? 
and then you map out the road. Then you may say, I'm not a big fan of the tube in London because I realize on how deep underground it is and it makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> so I, I, I prefer other modes of transportation, but I still can get to Big Ben. I just have to take the bus and not the tube. So you have to realize first, where am I at? And there's no judgment. It's like, okay, what is working? What's not working? Am I making the money that I said I was going to make? Can I pay my bills? Do I have fun? Do I have time? Do I love my job? Do I hate it? Am I frustrated? Am I turning in circles? You know, and in your example, I think that what happened to a lot of speakers is, you know, myself included in the pandemic. I did not miss the travel. I, know. I did not. I did not miss the being on a plane and the being in the hotel and then, uh, you know, and the always, always being in transit. You know, having a having a bag that's never really unpacked fully, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't miss that, and so there was a transformation there to say I don't find that that appealing anymore. I mean, it was it was great when I did it, but do I really want to keep doing that? It's exhausting. And you don't have a life. That's and, right. yep. and so when you when you are in these moments and you say, Well, do I still like it? And then and then there's the goal. So what does this goal look like? And what I asked you earlier, how many people do you want to serve? And you said millions. And then when we really dive into that, what does that mean? How do you get to the millions? Well, you need to somehow figure out how to make a hundred million. So you can run the ad budget to get to the million that then buys the course that, you know, whatever, then you make your money back. Because if they buy the course, then for, you know, for more than $1,000, then you're making a profit. So 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 suddenly your profit margins, margins might be 50%, 70%. Now, then it's all worth it. But you have to get to that point first. And then you go, well, that sounds like a good goal, but on second consideration, maybe not. And then you go and you say, well, but what do I want in life? And so that's how I help people. I, I, that's the first things we do. We, we get these anchors in place. And then we figure out the clarity of where they want to go at and all the things that they have. And then we pull all the puzzle pieces together. We organize them. I call this, we put them under one big umbrella. And then we say, what is the client transformation journey? How many entry points in the journey do we have? What is the promise for each of the phases of this transformation journey? What is the language that we're using? So somebody who comes to you and says, yeah, Chris, you're amazing. It's all good. But all I need is to spend some time with you to help me through the mess I got myself into. Then you say, not an online program, not an eight-week mastermind. This is a person who needs to come and work with me for a full day, one-on-one. Here's the list of things you need to bring. And then this is the outcome you'll be having. So obviously that's a higher ticket price than the other two. So that's how we map this out. And then when you go out and you build your authority on this, then you can say, well, I'm the authority in money 911. So that could go to help people getting out of a financial pickle that they got themselves into, which is the emergency, or to get out of the emergency and get in front of a a good solid financial plan for either retirement or just living, having a good time for growing their families, whatever that might be. And so you first do the the umbrella and then you and then you sort the things out. And that's how you build authority by the clarity of the message that you go out with and the brand that makes it clear that you are the right person for this solution. 
But for that, your solution has to be clearly identified. That totally makes sense. That's why you're the growth architect. And I bet you, you have some, a few really rewarding experiences that you, for some of the people you've worked with and impact that they've had on your clients. Maybe, and I'm sure you could write a bunch of books on just many of that, but maybe just share a couple of, of, of your rewards by, you know, sharing your gift with a few of your clients. Yeah, no, I I I love that. So one of my clients is a woman out of London and she's a data scientist and she works with, uh, she has this idea or had this idea to create an ethical framework for AI. And that is specifically for search engine for luxury brands. So when you go on Amazon and you look for something, then it comes up with the customers who bought this also bought. So that's a search engine that's AI powered. And but it is it is very biased on you know based who programmed it and whatever sort of criteria. So she wanted to develop a framework. So we we I took her through my system, the the system the system growth and the growth system process, and she walked away with a whole system on how she could explain this to her luxury clients who are not data scientists. Right. And a week later, she closed a fifty thousand dollars job because she was she was able to talk about it. Another one of my clients is a digital marketing company, and they had really not difficulties, but they felt that they wanted to be very clear who they attract because their business is very focused on they only want to have ten clients a year, but it has to be a particular client. And they have to spend that much money at minimum in their ad spend. So they did not want to waste any more time on everyone else. And so they came to me and they said, can we, can we do this customer journey mapping out? And they wanted to know what their system was. So we created their whole, their whole system and they, you know, and I just spoke to them a couple of days ago and they said to me that the targeting of having the right conversations with the right clients is now a lot more spot on. That was their goal in working with me and we've achieved that goal. But typically speaking, I would say, you know, we had a, a client who was who is in communication and we came up with a term for her that was out of two different words and we put it together for her and she's in the process of trademarking that. And so she went out. And now that she's using this word, everybody goes like, what's that? Mm -hmm. And now she's immediately in these conversations. And while we in the mastermind, she starts to have these conversations and we gave her all the language. She closed a $15,000 job within weeks. So that's the kind of stuff that makes me really excited is that because we are so impact driven is that when we help other people to make their impact, that, that there's nothing better than that. I know it's like it's that's like the money to me when you get that. That is the money. Right? That's I mean yeah. you get to take that with you. Nobody can no crash is going to take it from you, right? That's nope. it. That's the heart connect. And I bet you you could share some, you know, personal mantras, prayers, guiding principles that that have helped you, you know, on your journey through all the bumps and rises and falls. What would you share? Yeah, I would say one of them really is to not take failure personal. And that is a daily ministry because it's so easy. It's so easy for us to look at our failures and go, I'm such an idiot. 
Yeah. And <laughs> Chris, the way I describe it is, it's like if I were to go in my car and the GPS warning comes, it says, update the GPS and I ignore it and I ignore it and I ignore it. And then one day I want to go to my friend's house to a party and I can't go through that because there's now a cul-de-sac. They're expanding the freeway. What am I going to do? Am I going to get out of my car? Am I going to throw myself on the ground? Am I going to say things like, I'll never drive my car again. I'm the worst driver in the world. I'm such an idiot. Nobody should even, I shouldn't even be allowed to drive a car. This is the worst driving experience ever. No, you don't do that. Yeah. You get in a car and you find another way because the party is still there. Your friends are still alive. The, the, it, this has nothing to do with the party. So, so you look at the guy with the yellow suit and the orange stripe and the stop sign. It's like, thanks, dude. Thanks for letting me know this is the wrong way. Wave at him and then go and find another way. But people are so attached. Stop arguing with the guy. He's just doing his job. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I always like, and I always say, you know, God placement system, because I, because it's like a beeper, you know, for me, that's just how I look at it. You know, you're going right, go left. But that's, that's such a good, you know, you don't beat yourself up over it. That's great. And I am sure you're pretty, you know, just looking ahead, you know, when you get everything in alignment, tell me what what's next for you? What are you excited about? What what are you sharing with everybody that you want them to come and find out about? Yeah, so the big thing really is that we made a commitment to getting the system, uh, the Signature Growth System Mastermind out. We had done a beta launch, which went great. And now we are building the funnel. We are building that internet marketing funnel, uh, Chris. Like, you know, it, it's been years in the making and a lot of resistance, but I finally realized the only way to reach a lot of people is to bite the bullet and do what needs to be done to get there. And so we're building that. And I have found that that is probably the number one thing I see people struggle with is to get their differentiation factor clearly identified in front of the right people and then talk intelligently and cohesively and explain to people what they get. And we do this in eight weeks. And I'm super excited about this because it is that, as I said, the transformation is amazing. I mean, we, we technically are not allowed to say results are typical, right. but I will say it is not unusual for people when they take this particular program to close jobs, sometimes in the program. Nice. Well, tell everybody how how to get in contact with you, how to find out about your mastermind program and everything you're working on. Happy to. Thank you, Chris. Well, first of all, I want to just give a shout out to you. So for all of your listeners, please go wherever you picked up this podcast and give Chris a five-star review with maybe a little comment on what you're taking away from this particular episode and share it with one other person. It is a labor of love. So give Chris, some love back. Thank you. I appreciate that. Nobody's ever done that for me. I appreciate it. I'll be happy to be the first. And the way you can find me, I have two things for you. So if this resonated, number one, if if your business is stuck and kind of like going through that up and down sine wave or what's sometimes called as the entrepreneur roller coaster, go ahead and take my quiz at growthblockerquiz.com. And find out what your number one business growth blocker is. And it will it only takes like three minutes to do that. And the second thing, if you heard something where you go, I need to speak to her, 
please book yourself a complimentary uncovery session with one of our business growth advisors. You go to uncoverysession.com. Just make sure you mention this show so we know where it's coming from. Nice. Thank you. Beautiful. So uh, as a cherry on the top, maybe just leave everybody with one final parting, you know, words of wisdom. I probably would say that you can never think that there is a there. There is no there. That there is here right now. And we have this tendency to say, I only need to make it through this to get to that point. And then at that point, something else is going to happen that then you have to get through to get to the next point where you then think when you're there. And we waste our entire lives just chasing this unachievable status of there. There is no there. There's only here. And so build this so it fits for you today. So you have a balance. I mean, it's okay to have a couple of days where it's just nuts, but you don't drive yourself so hard. Allow, allow spirit, universe, God, mindset, mental, allow all of that stuff of space in your life because it will make it a lot easier than just driving, 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 driving. Sometimes it's okay to receive. That's beautiful. That And that's the balance, right? And, and I've really been in that same train of thought. There is no there. It is no. here. And in the here, you really have everything. Everything else is an extra where you can help other people. So that's a perfect cherry on the top. I want to thank you for being here. This has been a great conversation. I think you've been talking to me too at the same time and all my listeners because everybody can get something. And we'll look forward to hearing more from you in the future as you unfold your mastermind and see what happens with everything. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. It's been a pleasure. There's so much to learn about healthy money. I hope today's discussion brings you one step closer to securing and protecting your future. So you can get started on the right foot, go to meetwithchrismeller.com and schedule your free financial fitness strategy session. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to Money 911 so you don't miss our next episode, which includes health, wealth, and peace of mind.